is the We Talk Game Super Show. I am Wiggly on the... Ah, ah, I'm going <laughs> Time to change. It's time to rearrange. <laughs> yeah. On the uh, Discord and the Fluttershy, Kyle Von Kubik. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? It's going great. Stinky? Nah, Tom Carvel. That's ah, me, Tom Carvel. Now, that's not my voice either. I'm fudgy the whale in his own chocolate ocean. You assholes want ice cream? <laughs> Take a tour of one of our fantastic facilities. See where we keep the paper hats. And be sure to pick up a flying saucer on your way out. <laughs> Compliments of me, Tom Carvel, not Cookie <laughs> Opus. Yeah, they're a little melty, so hurry up. <laughs> that's why you could have it, because they're old. The cool is broken, but I got a guy. He's coming. He's going to fix it soon. I went to this pizza joint, and uh, yeah. they had the coolest ice cream cake there. It looked like a bouquet of flowers and stuff. And, oh, yeah? And I was like, okay, so we were done with our our, our uh, dinner. It was very good. <clears throat> Ackham. And uh, it was flu and allergy season. And I said, I want that ice cream, a piece of ice cream cake. And they were like, wait a minute. It's like five years old. <laughs> we got to throw that away. <laughs> okay. Well, they, you know, they got a thing for gelato and all this other gelato. That reminds me when we were on the road together <laughs> doing the We Talk Games tour, and you asked for a veggie burger, and they said, oh, we just got to dig it out of the bottom of the freezer. No, man, it was for the poppers. Yeah. Oh, the poppers, you're right. It was like it was Arby's. jalapeno poppers. Yeah. yeah. They had the cheese sticks, I think. But they didn't have the jalapeno poppers, and, and again, well, they, know, they did. They just had to bread. scrape them off the bottom <laughs> of the freezer. <laughs> they had to put all the meat on the floor, <laughs> and then uh, you know, kid had to go inside the freezer itself with a with an ice pick. Yeah, chisel it away. Just like for an it. ice pick to the forehead. And you know today, that trip is uh, is relevant today's to today's topic. It is How because so? on that trip you brought, as you do, many gimmicks and things. And one of the things you brought was the official Nintendo Game Boy Player's Guide. I think it's called. Did I? Is that what happened? You did to that. Yeah, and, and I was thumbing through that guide on the way to Atuma, and I stumbled upon a game that I had a lot of nostalgia for, and that is Jalico's Fortified Zone. We just talk about Jalico. We cares? did. Or you, you did. I did. By myself. You did. Yeah, me and David. Oh, okay. David Bruce Banner. <laughs> <laughs> Can't call him Bruce. That's why we call him David here. Now, nostalgia-wise, the reason why... Wait, what I, are we playing? The, Fortified Zone? Fortified Zone. The reason why I, um, I picked this game is because recently I was asked to recommend a hidden gem. And for whatever reason, I thought Fortified Zone was a hidden gem because I hadn't played it since I was probably like eight. Yeah. Now that I'm older, a little more experienced, I've played uh, a few more games in my lifetime. Mm. I find Jalico to be a bit of a mixed bag. Oh, yeah, definitely. As far as what you're getting, Fortified Zone would be more along the lines of the bad side of that mixed bag, but not a terrible game. Mm. Just not what I remembered it being. Well, did you play as Becky or Bonzo? <laughs> I'm only talking <laughs> about Fortified Zone. It, it sounds let's like let's talk gonna, about Fortified Zone. It sounds like you're going to do something. Now, this is for the Game Boy. Correct. <laughs> yeah, Ackham. 
And the Game Boy is a great console for recommending games for because it came out in 1989 and it wasn't really replaced until the Game Boy Color. And I also have that album art, which I did by hand instead of just taking a fucking photo of a Game Boy. I drew a goddamn thing in Photoshop. Rendered a Game Boy, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the Game Boy wasn't really replaced until uh, 1998 with the Game Boy Color. And even the Game Boy Color was more of like a stopgap system. What about so the Game could, Boy Pocket? Game Boy Pocket, I would put it under the same umbrella as the Game Boy. You just had, you know, a slimmer console with a better screen. Fuck it. I like the Game Boy Pocket. That's the one I got. What game I got with it? Tetris. Oh, really? That was your first Game Boy? Yeah, I had the original Brick, and for a very long time, I only had four games, and Fortified Zone was one of them, which I have to imagine was a KB toy special. And that's the reason I ended up with it, because I certainly didn't ask for Fortified Zone. That's why I I had Super Mario Land, I had Tetris, I had Castlevania, and Fortified Zone. Yeah, that's where I bought mine when I was working at KB, and then I became a Nintendo representative. But I was at a KB party, and my boss had one, the manager there, who I was probably older than <laughs> and might be going back to some sort of KB style place of employment pretty soon. Unless more people sign up for aspirationbank.com. Find the link in somewhere. Use my you link. Just, you just have a page, right? Yeah. That you could direct people to with yeah. all of your many links. Yeah, like, like, you like little kickbacks. Yeah, because like maybe, maybe you don't want to, uh, or you can't. That's probably more along lines. You can't subscribe to Wiggly's Patreon, but there are so many other ways you could support the show, such as that link for the Aspiration Bank or using the Amazon link. You're a member still of that Yeah, I get my account, pens. aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so, pens. you know, the holidays are coming up soon. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. You know, instead, of, instead of just going to Amazon.com, why don't you go over on to uh, Wiggly'sWorld.com and click the flea market link. That'll direct you right back to Amazon. You shop through Amazon. It, it's just, it's a matter of it's typing a, a different address. It costs you nothing. And you can you support uh, Wiggly and his endeavors. And I think it lasts for 24 hours. So anything you order within 24 hours after clicking, you could order, you know, anything within 24 hours and I get a couple of oh, oh, you know, or if your company throws you the credit card to order like toilet paper and paper towels off Amazon, just go on over to Wigglysworld.com. Click that link and make the purchases that way, too. That's what keeps us uh, rolling here. That's keeps the I, lights on. By all the cassette tapes that we record onto. Because what else? The Fortified Zone. Now, you said about the strategy guide. Now, what? how did that come into play? Well, you brought a bunch of things on the trip with us. And one of the things you brought was this guide. And, and that guide is very cool because it goes over... I got to imagine a large portion of the Game Boy library at the time of its printing. Mm-hmm. So it had to be early 90s because this is definitely one of the earlier Game Boy titles. Fortified Zone came out in 1991 and it featured, uh, I believe, either half a walkthrough or a full walkthrough of the game. And that's kind of what the player's guide was. It would show you a little bit of Super Mario Land, it show you a little mm. bit of the Zelda. I don't think it even showed Zelda. That might have been afterwards. But it, I remember it showing Fortified Zone. I was like, ah, dude, you know, Fortified Zone, this is really great. I remember playing this game. Mm. It kind of no sold me a little bit. But <laughs> I, I, it stuck with me because I'm just like, man, I got to go back and play Fortified Zone. So, again, when I was asked, like, hey, you got a hidden gem of some sort of retro game for me to play. I was like, yeah, Fortified Zone. That's the one. And then I'm like, I better dig that out and play it and see if I was right. Right. <laughs> and then I did. Yeah, me too. And uh, mediocre at best. Yeah, I ended up playing Felix the Cat instead. 
That's a great game. It's a horrible game. Oh my god! And then well, the thought, NES game. You don't like the NES game? Well, first I played the Game Boy game, and I was oh, like, "Oh, well, I'm well, driving well, around okay. in a tank. This is great." Yeah. I powered up all my stuff. First, you get the magic hat, and you're shooting sparklers out your ass, and then yeah. you get in this uh, pogo plane, and you're shooting the word bow the front bow <laughs> bow. Then you get to turn into a tank. And you hit people with dung beetles. Balls of dung come out of your tank nozzle. So then I thought, okay, well, I'm going to play it on the NES because I remember Mm -hmm. those going for cheap at the KB. Marked down like with the red marker slash $9 or something. Yeah. And uh, holy shit, floaty as hell. Same game. Really? Same game, except that you have some pretty cool artwork of the professor and, and your girlfriend gets stolen, of course. Ridiculous. But... If you want to do a speed run on that game, that's all you can do. So good. <laughs> but if you want to try to jump up to something, hey, man, I hope that you packed a sandwich. Fortified Zone. So I played a little bit of Fortified Zone. How's uh, the jumping in that game? <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about what makes this interesting. Sure. It obviously sounds like you're shooting guns. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And there's um, probably some type of zone that's fortified. Definitely a fortified zone happening in this game. So it's like a maze. Right. You play as one of two mercenaries, Masato or Mizuki, and each has their own qualities. I won't even say benefits. There's not even a strategy between the two. Masato is able to equip the power-ups that you'll find along the game, Mm -hmm. but cannot jump. No. And Mizuki can jump. I believe she's a little bit quicker. Yeah. But not by much, and she cannot equip any of the guns in the game. Right. Which makes her pretty much useless for most of the game. You use, at least with the way I played the game, you use her as a little bit of a human shield to protect Masato, and you keep giving your health power-ups to Masato until he's maxed out. You give him weapons that you find along the way once you learn what weapons are good. When you get up to the boss, you swap out. You switch out these people. You don't play them both at the same time. No. It's not like uh, Mario, people hate, Doryman. Super Mario Brothers 2? Maybe. Well, that you switch out characters as yeah. well. Like you can be but, totally but you don't early. do that here. It's not like you're in a row. You you pause and then you switch between switch the dude out, right. or, the, or the Unless gal. one of the two characters dies. then Which you they will. will. Yeah, they will because this game, these sprites, they're impressed. Here's the thing about this game. Sorry yeah. to restart the sentence but fortified zones parts are greater than the sum of its whole i think that's the best uh, description i can give this game where it has a lot of good ideas they just don't come together very well i think that is absolutely not how you say that did i fuck up did i really fuck up well fool you once shame (laughs) Shame on shame on look we're not clowning around no more okay No more. Like, the ideas behind this game are interesting, Mm -hmm. but the execution, again, not terrible. Definitely have played worse games on the Game Boy, but not good either. Very unremarkable. I like the idea of having two different characters. I like the idea of doing the 
the the switch between them as you need them. It's just that the stages don't justify that switch. And I, I found myself playing more as Macedo only because you really need to have hit like that tank to get through the game. Let's talk a little bit about the setup of it, though. It's like a dungeon crawler. It's a maze yeah. that Top you down. get to choose which direction, left, right, up, or down you want to go, and right. you're trying to get to the end of each of these zones, and you see a little map of the places you, you've been and where you think you got to get to. But sometimes you can't get there from here, and then sometimes you're just falling down on nothing, and then machine guns hit you. Right, or a jeep. Or a fucking dragon for some reason, or aliens. <laughs> yes. uh, the game operates very much like The Legend of Zelda, the original 1986 title on the NES or Famicom, mm-hmm. when you're in the dungeon portions of that game. So it is, like you said, a bit of a maze, and you have to unlock doors, very similar to the dungeons you'd find in Zelda. You have to find a key or hit a button to progress. It's not always intuitive where you're supposed to go, especially in the later stages where there might be hidden walls or, yes, dropping down to different rooms that you need to access only by dropping down a pit. The game also reminds me a lot of the original Metal Gear for the Nintendo. Not so much in the sense of the stealth mechanic, but in the wandering around screen to screen and having the military motif or or theme. Right. When all those missiles start coming down at you, are you just dead when that happens? Or or I can't remember ever being able to get past when all those missiles just start coming down from the top at you. That's the thing I was getting at with the sprites. The sprites are impressive because they're big Mm. for the Game Boy, but they also have a huge hitbox. Oh, yeah, they do. And you just take damage constantly. And I feel like the design of the stage and the enemies was either slapdash or just not thought out where you're just constantly getting hit. And yes, with with that particular segment or set piece within the game where these gigantic missiles are coming down, I could not find a way to navigate. I thought that was a booby trap. That challenge. No, that's just a portion of the game. You you, you occasionally go that. into rooms where you're trapped in a room yeah. and you have to just deal with whatever it's throwing at you and no, One of the challenges are these put in yeah, Felix the Cat. That's how I dealt with that. And I got to tell you, Felix Cat made by Hoodie Sun, they cut some corners there too. You know, because the thing about Felix Cat, man, that's going to be awesome. You know, you're going to be able to get your magic bag of tricks and do all this stuff. But instead, what are your magic bag of tricks? It's like a Mario pipe. You go in there and you get a couple, whatever they are, circles with your face on them. Who cares? Mm. Yeah. Felix. Felix the Cat definitely has better Fortified music Zone. than Fortified Zone. Oh, my God. So so Felix the Cat music on the Game Boy. Oh, my God. Get ready to drill your earballs out. Is it more grating than Fortified Zone's first two stages? I, I, I'm pretty sure it's the entire game is the same loop of oh, like is it? two oh. bars. <laughs> I'm more familiar with the NES game. Yeah, yeah. And I don't remember it being this bad as floaty you're describing as, it. Floaty as hell. Yeah. Floaty as hell. Just so, I believe you said unremarkable, but I'll say unremarkable for that. And then for some reason, I played Mega Man Battle Battle Bulges, you know, for the Capcom Arcade. Okay. Yeah, I got distracted into playing that. Oh, that gotcha. sucks, too. So you didn't get very Mega far Man in Fortified Fighter. Zone, is what you're saying. 
No, I didn't get very far. I fought a couple bosses. That was uh, okay. not fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard game, man. It's, it's a hard, it is hard game. Yeah, it it's is hard game. because of, again, be the dedicated. size of the sprite. The game is only four stages. You start out in a field, then you progress onto the jungle, and it's got all the tropes that you'd expect to see in like Akari Warriors or other types of military focused games. And then things start to get weird in the third and fourth stage. The third stage is called the caves. And that's where you start to see mutants or or Mm -hmm. aliens or something. And you also fight a dragon. Yeah. I think that's where I bowed out. Yeah. The dragon actually, I found very difficult during my playthrough and I will admit that I cheated because I just wanted to see the end of the game. Because I cheat? definitely think, oh, well, I can when I'm emulating it. Oh. And using the Game Genie codes that were available at the time. Oh. Did you have the Game Genie for the Game Boy? Of course. I did not. I didn't have I have it. a fucking torn up Encyclopedia Britannica that comes with, oh, yeah. it, with all the codes. You stick it in your back pocket, all the pages are turned into pasta. Yeah, see, I try to play this on original or semi-original hardware. I I don't have my original brick Game Boy anymore, but I do have all the games that I originally had Mm -hmm. for it uh, among my collection. And my God, I found every other game but Fortified Zone. I don't know where I've got it. I found Kirby's Tilt and Tumble. I found Final Fantasy Adventure. I found the Castlevania game I, I was talking about. I found Tetris. Six Golden Coins, the original Mario Land, every Wario Land you could think of. <laughs> uh, I'm like, where is Fortified Zone? So I just threw up my hands and I said, fine, I'm just going to emulate it. So that, that's Felix the way I played it. I didn't have Felix the Cat for Did the game. Did you have Wave Boy. Race? No. Oh, Wave Race was kind of stinky too. For how yeah, great that them. came out when they revitalized that franchise, Game Boy, not very good. Yeah, no, I didn't have it for the Game Boy. Hmm. I Sorry. got it upstairs. Who cares? <laughs> Fortified zone, you're probably going to get to the part where you have to try to jump over some spikes, and mm-hmm. then you're going to say, I don't want to play this game anymore. Yeah, that's <laughs> where Mizuki comes in handy, you know, to jump over those mm-hmm. obstacles, but the game doesn't make it so that you need her to do that, because most of the spikes will pop in and out of the ground, so you just have to wait. Well, the first uh, set, though, they're set in set. And when you try to jump over them with Mizukis, she ends up running into them and passing out. <laughs> yeah, th- this goes back to the bad hitbox on, mm-hmm. on them. I was able to, I guess, muscle memory, remember how to jump over them with Mizuki without any issue. Not to say I didn't take a hit a couple times because yeah. I did. It's a frustrating game. I want to say that the game knows when to end (laughs) or either that or they were just like, yeah, force enough. No one's ever going to see the end of this. (laughs) Like it it doesn't hang around too much longer past the point where I needed to start cheating. Hmm. You only have a few bosses. I will say the music and the boss stages, probably some of my favorite Game Boy music. Hmm. But the bosses, again, pretty remarkable. You fight like a giant tank and this fortress with cannons the dragon is pretty interesting but like when you're fighting just the giant going back to metal gear it's like a giant mech or assault vehicle or something Mm -hmm. it's not really all that interesting the pickups are a nice addition i found the flamethrower to cause glitches in the game 
Hmm. when you're using it. And I'm told that that happens both on emulation, officially through Nintendo on the 3DS, as well as the cartridge. So there's a little bit of a programming hiccup there with the, the flamethrower. And the uh, you get box ha- art is another winner. <laughs> I don't mind the box art so much. Oh, Again, my. certainly seen worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Any TurboGrafx game. Sure. You get a chain gun, a three-way gun, a rocket launcher, hand grenade. Again, all standard tropes you'd expect. I do like the system with the health packs where you keep building upon your existing health to a certain point where you can actually max it out. Or if you are fully healed and you have a character down, like if Masato is down, but you're operating with Mizuki and Mizuki picks up a health pack, but she's already maxed out, then that health pack will go back to Masato and you can heal up characters that way. Um, the Once game you doesn't, lose half your team, it's very, it's a, very difficult. It's plotting. The game is always plotting. You move slowly. You navigate the stages slowly. You fight slowly. And it's not what I remembered playing, but it's also because at the time, back in 1991, like this was the closest thing you were going to get to Metal Gear portably, mm-hmm. which is the same reason why... Growing up, I really enjoyed Castlevania The Adventure. Going Mm -hmm. back now, I don't want to play that game ever again. (laughs) But at the time, it was Castlevania technically in my pocket, technically portable. So I really enjoyed it at the time. And I just think that especially very early Game Boy games, but Game Boy games within the early 90s, they just don't hold up. There's exceptions to that, of course, but there's a lot others where you know these third-party companies we're just putting crap out to put crap out. Oh yeah. You know, they didn't understand the hardware to its fullest capability. And they thought that this was basically uh, an interchangeable game and watch. You know, And yeah. a lot of the early games really did feel like just sort of reimagined game and watch games. It wasn't until later with like links awakening that it's like, Oh, well, well there can be a full fledged game on here or the Wario land series or kid Dracula. They thought it was like the Milton Bradley Microvision. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a great system. Does anybody remember that? Did you have the one? The Microvision? I had one. No. It was a bunch of blocks and a bunch of pixel blocks like the Game & Watch. Not really, except this was just made out of blocks. But you put a different overlays on them and you can have, you had like a Pong uh, wheel on it. Yeah. Or you could have some games that only had buttons and uh, it was very, very interesting. They're hard to get now, and they're very expensive. I no longer have mine because <clears throat> it's hard to find one that works, number one. Mm-hmm. So mine worked. And what about the Wataro Supervision? Oh, boy. You still got that? <laughs> yeah, I got two of them. Because remember, <laughs> they have the comm link. You know, yeah. I'm going to play it's against somebody. People don't know this about me. I used to buy two of every system just in case... They came out with a some type of com link to well, you have the you have two links as well, right? I have two links, and they work together. And th- those mm-hmm. versus games are awesome, especially Rampart. I have no experience with this, but you could link two Game Boys together and two Game Packs and play Fortified Zone two player with one player being Mizuki and the other player being Masato. Oh my! So it really sucked to be player two on that. Wow! <laughs> on that team up. But yeah, that's pretty interesting, right? Yeah, I'd love to see how that worked. Well, if I ever find my cartridge, maybe we could try it sometime. All right. Felix the Cat. (laughs) 
I guess you know we'll I, never try you know that. No one else I played. Uh, yeah. Capcom's in 1944. Now, I know you know 1941. People know 1942. Yeah. Some people know 1943. Some people what know 19XX. 19XX. Yeah. But not a lot of people know 1944. Wasn't very good looking. 1944. <laughs> but it, it was a, 1942 is where they started. Then yeah. 41 is the awesome one that. You can go bouncing off the walls of the caverns and stuff and flip-flopping around. Okay. 1944 was, I think, subtitled, you know, Rise of the Loopers or something because you would do that crazy loop-de-loop in the air when you let your bombs go off. But it was sort mm-hmm. of at this time where they were trying to do the rendered CG graphics, but it wasn't even there yet. I don't even know mm-hmm. what year it came out. I just know it looks a little muddy. I never played it before, and it's got a lot of uh, interesting game mechanics to it, but very, very difficult. And uh, what year did it come out? I don't know. Uh, I think it came right. out in 1944. No, it definitely didn't come out then. I'm just wondering if it was like an answer to the Sekio shooters because I know they kind of use that mm-hmm. with the pre-rendered graphics. Well, I still think 1941 is uh, is my favorite. 19xx that's more like a psycho sikyo sikyo type okay. of shooter sure. but 1941 came out on the super graphics as well and so i got to play a lot of that oh i love my super graphics i thought that was just like a hentai machine no 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 you're thinking about the pcfx yeah that is what i'm super, thinking super graphics was one extra chip in a turbo graphics in a pc engine so mm-hmm. they put one extra chip in there, and what a difference it made. it made. I mean, that yeah. thing could have competed much longer against the Super Famicom if they just would have added that chip to the Duo. It could have beat the Genesis, I think, or at least mm-hmm. went head-to-head with it. Because by the time they brought out the Turbo Duo here, it was late in the lifespan of that system. Sure. Um, And if they just would have put that extra super graphics chip into the duo, you would have had a a whole nother thing going on. Because if you ever played Darius and you blow up one of the end battleships, uh, Uh battlefish ships, you will know that you will have line flicker like crazy. Yeah, sure. Well, this Darius, Darius Plus was actually able to be played on the regular PC engine and also on the super graphics. And when you put in the super graphics, when you were blowing up that giant battleship at the end and the bombs are blowing up all over it and the giant pixel fish is there, you could fly your ship right through all the explosions and the fish and everybody and nothing would break up at all. And the pixels were so bright, it had perfect reproductions of ghouls and ghosts, ghosts and goblins or whatever the hell you want to call it with the wind blowing through the trees and the trees bending over and everything. So I had a couple arcade games. One was 1941, one was Ghosts and Goblins. But the original games like Battle Ace, now unfortunately I couldn't do very nice uh, uh, Space Harrier type of going into the screen things. Right. So Battle Ace wasn't that impressive. But Aldenice, Aldines or Aldenice, that is a shooter that would still hold up today against any other side-scrolling shooter. And it went side-scrolling and up and down and all around. And that's one game I could not beat, even with the slow-mo of my turbo controller 
and the uh, the turbo fire is going full blast. I could not beat that last boss for a dick. Mm. But that's a really cool game. And then there was also a really neat game that was based on an anime, I guess. Grand Zort. Grand Zot. Grand Zot, I think it was called. Not familiar with that. And you could change into three different types of tech robo-robots. And oh, one was very good, like Red. He was very good. He was very strong. Another one could, could leap really well and float in the air and had a bow and arrow. And it was the coolest, coolest platformer because the, the stages went on forever. You could go really high up and really far down in the stages. And uh, there were machine stages with just all this pixel swapping going on, all these um, palette swaps. Cool. I'll just never forget, and I and I just got to talk about this because we're done with Fortified Zone. <laughs> but, oh, all right. I have a couple more <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, a couple more things. Okay. Right. Well, let me just tell you about the first boss. So the first boss comes out, and he's this giant rock dude. And you have to hit him in the face. Or you hit Rockman's him in the nuts. got nards. <laughs> Either hit him in the nuts or you hit him in the face. <laughs> okay. Well, either way. The one thing that you hit him in, he comes back later, and he's got a cage around either his face or his nuts, so you can't uh, hit like him there that. anymore. Yeah, and yeah, he jumps around. Cool. He's giant. I mean, he's like uh, almost the size of the screen as far as what I remember. But yeah. that was a really cool game that never came out for anything else in any other form or fashion, and neither did Alanis, and neither did Battle Ace. But Battle Ace, once again, looks like crap, but there's some really neat things that happen in Battle Ace. Try to picture Afterburner 2, like on the Master System. That's sort of the oh, chunk, cl- like chunky that. clunkiness yeah. of even, even what the super graphics could do. It just could do it with a lot more colors. So You mentioned two games that I actually played recently in their sit-down motion cabinets being Afterburner and Space Harrier. Awesome. Yeah, uh, Fun Spot up in New Hampshire has both functioning as of right now. They come and go because there's been times that I'm up there that both are out, one's out, and I got lucky and neither had any issue this time. Was the Space Harrier the uh, rocket sled? <laughs> I don't know what you would call it. Was it the sled uh, you stood on or did you sit down in it? Oh, you said, yeah, there's a okay. sit down. Okay. But the the hydraulics were kicking, and it's a lot of fun. To, it's the only way, in my opinion, to play that game. There, I mean, I enjoy the game in its many different forms, but for me, that is the best way to play that game. Yeah. It just feels great. Yeah. Afterburner, give or take. Like, I like G-Lock? the motion cabinet, but that there's something about that Space Harrier cabinet, because it's, it's like open on the top. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. But the G-Lock, I think, didn't that go like upside down? I can't even recall right now. Uh, I think you might be correct, or at least like a 90-degree angle or something like this. I wish they would get the hang on where you sat on that. I got to play Prop Cycle, too, on the same trip. Yeah, but I'm talking about hang on where you sat on I know, that I know. I'm just saying the mache motorcycle and yes, crotch yes. rocket, and you looked into a five-inch color screen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what else about Fortified Zone? Real quick, going back to there are elements that are interesting, and it's a shame that these elements weren't implemented earlier with the stage design. There are cool things, like there's conveyor belts later on, and there are computer devices that invert your controls. Right, and then later, right, right. Yeah, and then later will actually 
alternate how they invert your control. So when you first are introduced to these things, up is down and left is right. Jesus, I must have gotten far in this game. It's only four stages long, so you probably got through three fourths of the you know the the game. I didn't realize how far I got. Yeah, but later on, those same computers now will change on the fly, and instead of down being up, down will be right. So you got to like Ooh. get rid of those things right away. But these are cool little elements that I wish were introduced earlier because the first two stages, again, very plotting and very boring to go back to and play. It just doesn't hold up. However, uh, evidently, Jalico believed in this franchise because it has two sequels. Akari no Yusei 2, which looks to be more of the same, maybe a little better. I don't have any experience with playing the game. It was a Japanese-only release. And I'm hoping maybe you have some familiarity with the other sequel, Operation Logic Bomb, which came out for the Super Nintendo. Oh, I don't. I thought okay, there was well, a Fortified Zone 2 for some reason. I don't know why I thought that, but I guess there wasn't. Well, that was Akari No You Say 2. Right, but um, they didn't come but, out with that in America, right? No, Operation Logic Bomb shares the same name in Japan as the original Game Boy sequel, which is Akari No You Say 2, mm. but is not a remake of that Game Boy game. Mm. But I'm interested in Operation Logic Bomb because... People familiar with the, the show will know that I'm a big fan of True Lies for the Super Nintendo. Yeah. And what screenshots and video that I've seen up until this recording, it reminds me very much of that game with the top down sort of isometric view while navigating through stages and shooting things. So I don't know. I'm going to give it a look. And if I think it's worth anything, I'll reach out to you and maybe we can review that in, uh, on a future episode. And if not, we can review uh, the Fireman game. You ever play Fireman with the with the kids in the neighborhood? You <laughs> pretend that somebody is a house on fire and then you piss on them. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Remember, I'm a little bit older than you, so those things yeah. were considered okay. Mm. You know, your perverted uncle? Ha, 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 that's just funny. That's not child abuse. It's yeah. just comedy. Hmm. Times have changed. Times have changed. I'm, I'm sorry, Gen X. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know what I'd rather play? Felix the Cat? No. Anki, one of my favorite robot companies, they filed for bankruptcy. I guess they went bankrupt last, maybe 2017. They still had copyrights on things in 2018. But I don't see any new copyrights for 2019, and I'm very, very worried because their robots, and especially the thing that I love the best and wanted to really talk about when you wanted to talk about, I don't know, some type of Super Nintendo game or something, I was going to talk about uh, the Anki Overdrive and the Overdrive Fast and Furious Edition. Okay. These things are still full price. These are race tracks that have four tracks, four, four lanes, I should say. But they're mm-hmm. just flat pieces of very uh, durable plastic, and they're MagnaLock. So you don't have to worry about snapping things together and then breaking the snaps off and anything like this. And they're pretty large because the cars themselves are at least four inches long or more and at least two inches thick. There's nine cars and three super trucks. It's the first slot car minus the slots. 
game that I've ever played where the jump actually works. Now, the super trucks yeah. can't take the jump. Did you get this recently? Because I feel like you talked about this before. I got it. I got it uh, two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I think we talked about this only a few episodes ago, but that was many months ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happened. But since they're out of business, I'm you know very worried about these things. So I dug it out again, make sure that it could work on older iPods and iPads and things like that, old iPhones and stuff, trying to scrape together these things so that see if it could still work so I could still play them when they no longer can support these things because that's the only way you could control these cars with a device. Right. And it does work on um, Androids too, but you still need to get the application. The really cool things about these is that you build up points and then you can upgrade your cars and do all different types of things with money. And But now some of the batteries are starting to go on these these guys where Ruh-roh. you can only do maybe three races and then it's like, uh, 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 this car is getting ready to battery be dead. And all of a sudden lost connection. Guess what your only option is? Quit. So you could oh, be boy. in the middle of doing like a 25 lap race against a real dick computer control player. And yeah. you could be on lap 24 and lost connection. And then your only option is quit. And then you say, hmm. God damn it. But there's special little skills that you could do that could give you extra, extra money. And you look at them and what they do is you just, you lay out the track in a different way, like the needle dick track. I know that was one oh, I did okay. today. And then you got like <laughs> 3,000 points instead of just like 10 points for doing another type of task. Cool. So that's what I like. I want to bring the next stage of gaming where maybe we talked about this offline or maybe we did do a show about it. I don't really yeah. remember. I know that I want you to play two things. One is the 3D glasses for the Master System and those oh, games. Yeah, yeah and then we I haven't wanted, talked about that on the show. Yeah, I wanted to bring up the uh, the Anki Overdrive. because I like I, the Anki Overdrive. Well, it's interesting because mixing the digital with the physical is always cool. It's something that we touch on all the time when we discuss the history of arcades and how... EM machines influenced arcade games and how when in the 90s when arcades were trying to reinvent themselves because of the competition from the home console, they implemented even more gimmicks and specialized controls. What's also interesting about what you're saying is you hear now a lot of people get upset because of their digital downloads and their virtual consoles being taken offline. And they're like, well, I I spent money on this. You know, I I thought I owned this, but it's like, well, you actually just owned a license. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to see how that is also affecting toys. Yeah. Where it's like, this company's going out of business. It's like, well, yeah, but I still own the toy. Oh, yeah, but that's a specialized battery and it's a specialized app, and I'm sorry, but you can look at it on a shelf, but you're not going to be able to play it to its fullest anymore. Yeah. Which that kind of sucks. Yeah. It took me a long time to wait for sales and then scoop them up, do a really low bid on eBay to get all nine cars. I have all nine cars, including the Fast and Furious set. And I get to play as Mr. Paul Walker, Mr. Furious and Triple X and Gobbledy Glope and Maggie Q. Vin Diesel. I wish Maggie Q was in there. Wow, then I would really play it. Use my knob to. Okay, (laughs) that's enough. All right, everybody. Well, that's enough of this show. Yeah. I like it. Fortified Zone. Fortified Zone got us talking. That's for sure. Yeah. About Felix the Cat. Felix the Cat. Tom Carvel. Just eat the fucking ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's so sad that the only thing now that left at Carvel is you could either get the cheapskate $8 mini ice cream cake for your kid, or you could get the regular size Hello Kitty one for $20. So what you going to get? The little $8 mini cupcake size one? Yeah. Be a cheapskate? Thanks for the birthday, Dad. You're not my real dad. <laughs> Only has enough room for a candle? Yes, exactly. <laughs> or $20 for the license of Hello Kitty. But then I, I think they do have a sheet cake, too. I, th- I think that they have a sheet cake. Yeah, they cake. do. Like they have some generic fucking stuff. dollars or something. Yeah, yeah, it's expensive. I don't think you can get the UFOs anymore. You get the UFOs? Mint. Yeah, you just get the mint. Chocolate, vanilla, and mint. Really? Yeah. Are you talking about flying saucers? Yeah. Yeah, you can still get those. Oh, you can? Oh, of course. What are they called? UFOs? They're UFOs? just called flying saucers. Are they called the name Dr. is stamped Zoys? on the cookie. Are they called Dr. Zois? They're not called that. Well, did you know that UFO is really pronounced UFO? I didn't. And did you know that Dr. Seuss is really pronounced Dr. Zois? X means no in Japan. <laughs> That's actually true, though. He, he circle. Was, he, circle means spread needle. <laughs> ah, 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 Big Daddy V. It's even better now. His boobs have boobs. You might have found that Easter egg on our last episode of We Talk Games. Hey, that's it, right? Goodbye. I hope that you like us. I'm great to talk to you again, Kyle. I'm glad that you're back from your trip to Fun Zone. What's it called? Fun Spot. Fun spot, family yeah. fun center. And tell, name is tell everybody the good news. What's the good news? When you walked into fun spot, well, you didn't see. Oh, all the twin galaxy stuff and the Billy Mitchell shrine has been removed. Oh. There is no reference to any of that. What about the guy that sleeps under a Christmas tree? It's spiders. He's been long forgotten at this point. Because well, unlike Billy Mitchell, I don't even know if he's a competent game player. Well, in Dragster, you got to start in second gear. That's what the computer did oh, yeah. wrong. Yeah, you got to pop the clutch. Pop the clutch. And then have Ben Heckendorn look at you like, what the fuck are you saying right now? <laughs> I don't know if you watched that video. Remember Ben Heck, former uh, guest on the show? Yeah, yeah. Well, he did a whole computer analysis trying to prove that Todd Rogers could obtain the score that he said, or the time that he said he mm-hmm. could obtain. In Dragster. Yeah, in Dragster. And a computer playing the game perfectly, couldn't. And Todd Rogers' explanation was because the computer wasn't popping the clutch at the right time. Exactly. You got to start in second gear. Yeah. Pop the clutch. Speaking of Atari, instead of playing Fortified Zone, I almost played Dragonfire for the Atari 2600. Oh, boy. I was getting ready to get that out. The good old Activision stuff. (laughs) What game am I? <laughs> Every Atari game. That's right. <laughs> Hope that you like us. Bye bye.
it's hot dead Too yellow bombs, so I'll get it with that, alright Everybody hit you and I get a walk You get an easy nigga, she's so she can rest Ready or not, 